Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hello. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How's it Good. going? It was, a, it was a good start. I feel like that was a strong start. It's going to be a great episode. Yes, it is. It's going to be good. <laughs> um, how are you? Um, I'm going to steal a line from one of the guys I used to work construction Uh-oh. with to describe my current, <laughs> current situation. I am hotter than a goat's butt and a pepper patch. Is that patch. how he said it? Uh, I think there's some, a little bit yeah. of profanity in there, but this, this is a family okay, show. Okay, it's a family show. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of toddlers <laughs> listen. We get a lot of writers yes. every week from the toddler mm-hmm. listen, listening chip. Um, okay. Well, that is very warm. That seems warm. Uh, yes. what's the temperature there in Chattanooga? Well, it's more of an anger issue oh. than, a, than a physical, um, environmental issue. What, what are you angry about? <laughs> So we're trying to sell uh-huh. our house as as uh, this ongoing saga that I've, uh, I've talked about in prior episodes. And we had a buyer and they got in a, in an inspection done. And we keep finding things the inspector broke while he was You're inspecting kidding. our house. And that's like all I've been doing the last like three days is fixing because the deal fell apart. So we're, I didn't know like, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of starting from from ground one, you know, whatever. Uh, Did it fall apart because of inspection stuff or unrelated? Uh, I don't think the inspection stuff helped. The guy put a bunch of stuff on there that was insane. Um, He conveniently didn't put the things he broke on there. We just have to fix it for the other people that don't want it broken. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that were kind of like, hey, this is broken, but it had been fixed. And just, you know, wanted to call it out. Doesn't seem to be just broken like, anymore. All right. Thanks. We're glad you're justifying yeah. your time, I guess. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, we live in a 70 year old house, so there's probably a handful Pretty of much things. everything has been broken and fixed. Okay. So this evening I was checking on one thing that he called out, um, on the report. Cause there were like three things that were legitimate and a bunch of things that were stupid. And it required me to like, stick my head in the crawl space. Mm -hmm. And, um, he had, I guess unintentionally torn some ductwork down in our crawl space. And so it's just like blowing air into our crawl space. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what the the heck? Um, so anyways, I didn't, that was unknown to me because obviously I hadn't been in the crawl space and we just had like a whole new unit and stuff. And then like a couple of months ago. So like, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't just deteriorated. Right. Like it's, it's only been there for a couple of months. So anyways, I get to, uh, we get to figure that out, um, in the morning. Cause I don't have anything better to do than to fix all the broken so things. So you're inspecting your inspector's inspection work. Yes. And formulating what I hope to be the mother of all Google reviews. Yeah, I know. Right. Do you ever run out of steam? Like, do you ever have in your mind, I'm going to leave a really scathing Google review and then just like run out of steam? Um, I usually will either do a really short one that is on my phone. Like if I feel like it's like justified, you know, uh, but I don't have, I know I'm not going to put the time into it. Or if I really am like on fire about it, um, 
I will write a very lengthy one, usually like in a different program so I can proofread it. And I'll I'll work on it for a couple of days and then I'll copy and paste it over into into the reviews. I love that. Like, yeah, like uh the final draft, if you will. Yeah, that's um that's mm-hmm. an impressive so Grammarly is like weighing in and it's really well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I got a notification. I wrote one about an um umbrella and chair company at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's been like thumbs up by like 650 <laughs> people or something because it's like, you know, like you're super the only long. person who left an informative review of that company. Yeah, it had like references to local ordinances that had recently oh changed and stuff. I, I put a lot of time and energy into it. Actually, a local attorney reached out to me after seeing my review. Um, <laughs> like, so, yeah. Would you like to sue them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know who comes out looking worse in that situation, uh, the comp- the company I put on blast or myself. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I got onto page like seven of the reviews of a uh, bath poof, you know, like one okay. of those little yeah. that you use for body wash. And because uh-huh. I mean, some of them were really good and then some of them weren't so good. And then I kept going back and forth. So I was on page seven. And then this person was like, you know, it's a it's a good bath sponge. It might be the best bath sponge I've ever used. I don't know, but it's a bath sponge. I hope you're not reading too many of these reviews. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, thumbs up. Thank you. Whoa. <laughs> like snapped out of it. <laughs> like, Shame. Yeah, Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> so yeah so i appreciate that i bought it it and it's a pretty good bath sponge yeah have you been prompted for a review i haven't given one i didn't want to (laughs) contribute to the problem i i have a uh so like label some of my emails low priority because it's stuff i want to get to like when i have time but um and I was prompted to review the uh, travel bag I bought for my golf clubs when I came out to visit you and play golf. And I did uh, an obnoxious amount of research to to find the, just the right bag. And so I want to like use all that knowledge that I have to put into a review, but I just haven't brought myself to do it. So it's sitting in my inbox just reminding me. The fact that you are not on the payroll of the wire cutter is disappointing to me. <laughs> and I'm not disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in them. <laughs> they should know. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. At least I have people send me free stuff to get my thoughts you on. Would you know? so least, you would take it so seriously. Like I, I remember yeah. when you referred me to the wire cutter when we bought I don't know what you were just like, I could keep telling you, but you could just look here and read all of the reviews. <laughs> Why don't you do that? And now I just take it as like such gospel truth. Yeah. I've, so I've, so I feel like they've been slacking lately. Yeah. Like some of their, um, re- reviews I feel like are not what they used to be. They're kind of, uh, they, they lack context, you know, it's like, Oh, this is the perfect one, but it's like, yeah, but for who? Because like, there's like multiple reasons why you buy this product, and there's probably like the power users. The, there's probably like the, you know, the weekend warrior yeah. kind of people, and and they're gonna want different things. And uh, yeah. So, anyways, but thank you. You know, point noted. Yeah, I um I've noticed that they've been slacking too. You're like, okay, so this is the best. I was looking for a CD DVD thing that connects to a USB because we. Okay. I have no ability right. to look at CDs and 
I'm going through all my junk drawers in my house and I'm like finding all these loose CDs from like Walgreens and stuff. And I'm like, who knows what's on these, you know, and they're just stacking up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're going to, I have, I, the wire cutter was not that helpful. So then, um, bought one mostly cause it was pretty, it was gold and <laughs> right. just exactly why I should use a wire cutter to step it up guys or girls <laughs> and um it's coming in the mail so there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement built up <laughs> who knows what i'm gonna find on these cds slash dvds do you so you, i assume you bought this stuff from amazon yeah a lot of it do you use any of the services that help you uh sift through fake reviews no tell me about those okay um, so there's a couple I have used, um, one, the most fake spot. Um, and I'm trying to think of what the other, there's like, a. uh, there's one other one that I've, uh, hear quite a bit about. Um, I'll look and see if I can find it. I'll, uh, put it in show notes. Uh, oh, reviewmeta.com is the other one. And they essentially have their own algorithms. And when you see a product on Amazon, you can, if you're on your desktop, you copy and paste the URL and dump it in the fake spot.com. If you're on your phone, you like share the product to, to like the fake spot uh, extension or whatever, you know, um, in your share sheet. And they run like their algorithm on all their views and they figure out like how many of them seem legitimate and how, how many of them seem programmatic. Uh, like if they're using the same words over and over, or if they all came in a short amount of time, you know, stuff like that. And if they're unnatural, it'll adjust the uh, star rating based on what it, what it deems as like the more realistic um, star rating. And um, yeah, it's super helpful. Um, it, well, one is super disheartening because it turns out that like 90% of what's on Amazon is like junk from, you know, uh, sweatshops in China that's full of like lead paint and fake reviews. Um, and so like I actually, um, semi-relevant went on this quest to find a really good, um, thermometer for our daughter. Um, and like all the ones on Amazon that have good reviews, it's all fake reviews. <laughs> like, like I like sifting through and trying to find like a good, accurate, um, uh, thermometer was like impossible. And so I got really frustrated because like some of these companies that were selling stuff like big, you know, well-known companies that, you know, produce and sell thermometers. I'm like, who, like, you know, for healthcare products, like they yeah. shouldn't be able to buy fake reviews. Like yeah. that seems so dangerous and misleading. Um, so I'm just envisioning a night where my daughter has this high fever and we're trying to figure out whether we take her to you yeah. know, get help <laughs> and, and our thermometers like junk and we have no idea because fake reviews, but uh, anyways, yep. I've, I've been trying to run a lot of my searches and stuff through these tools uh, lately. Cause it's just, uh, especially like, I mean, if it's a brand name, you know, of that you're buying, then like oftentimes like, you know, you can feel pretty decent about the product, but a lot of like the no name kind of products that they sell, like a lot of like computer peripherals, like your CD drive and stuff, um, that kind of stuff is usually pretty bad. Um, we always get these little battery fans to hang on the stroller for our, our daughter. Cause when we walk in the summer and all of those are just like rampant with terrible just, reviews. Um, that makes so much sense because I got like, uh, cause I'm, um, a million years pregnant and I was eight months pregnant in super hot France. So I bought one of those, um, spray fans 
Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you yeah. spray on yourself so I could just like keep myself generally like covered in a film of water. <laughs> and um, it was the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. And it had such high reviews. I had like 8,000 five-star reviews or something. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious to know if you went back and looked at it and yeah. um, and to see what it looks like. So yeah. Um, when I, when I see those spray bottles, I always think about our childhood trips to Daytona when we would go to the race. <laughs> Um, the NASCAR, <laughs> I would go to the NASCAR. Yeah. Race. The girls weren't, didn't go. You had to go. I didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. What, lucky you. Um, it was a lot Into of the NASCAR races. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, humble brag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people, uh, 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 I would say couples that weren't in great shape, um, squirting <laughs> each other with those oh, water God. bottles and it left a very deep impression of me. <laughs> On me. Oh, my wow. Mind. I, can't, I yeah. can't get it out of my mind. Yeah. Seared. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to bring that up to you. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you for that. I'll sleep. I'll sleep good tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, um, so we've been hosting this contest and people have been entering and at the time we were recording this, um, the, the entry period is not over yet. But, um, so we can't announce the winners, but the, by the time this airs, the winners will be announced and that's fun and exciting. You and I were talking about it a little bit before the show. Um, but, uh, in the entry form, uh, we gave folks an opportunity to share some, uh, show ideas or, you know, request some topics. Uh, and we got a couple of really good ones. So I think we're going to kind of, um, knock those out in the coming weeks, um, and so I thought we would jump on one that I thought was m- maybe the most, uh, one of the more unique ones that we got, if that sounds yeah. okay to you. Um, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Thanks everybody. Have a good, have a good night. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the listeners, I won't name their name cause I didn't ask for permission to do that. Um, was asking about like, um, how to put it, how to put this succinctly, like qual, uh, quantifying yourself as, as a professional, uh, I think yeah. is a good way to say it. Um, like, uh, they use the example of like realtors often sell themselves as like, Hey, I've, I've sold this much in business this year I've, you know, this many transactions. Um, I think you see like personal injury attorneys usually are like, you know, I got this, this person and $750,000 from getting hit by a car, you know? And, and you get these like metrics that people will use. I think I've joked on the show before about in the real estate world that there's, um, oftentimes there's print publications that have a bunch of agents faces on it and it describes them as million dollar, uh, producers. Uh, and, and that sounds really fancy until you do the math on what, uh, average realtor makes on a million dollars worth of business. And it's like below the poverty level and like, it's not that much money, but it sounds so much, you know, so much grander than it is. And so, um, yeah, I think the question was our thoughts on that, whether we use that in any capacity or not, and, and maybe like some do's and don'ts if we do, uh, how we've, how we've kind of approached that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this has been an area that you have dealt with a little bit more deftly than I I have because, um, not being a plaintiff's personal injury attorney, it's a little bit hard for me to quantify what I do. Although, um, 
there are people who are like, we've done this many million dollars worth of deals this year, which doesn't really <laughs> like I represent smaller companies. So I think my dollar amount would be so much less <laughs> than a, a big law firm, even though I've done more transactions. So I don't know. I don't know if I could put that together in a way that would benefit me and not sound insane. Have you ever tried it? Well, I, um, I think you touched on something we should c come back to because I think it's really hard to do this well. Um, but so I have attempted it um, on my website, um, robbettis.com. I created what is uh, hopefully um, a real-time updating a dashboard, I guess you might call it, um, three metrics of, of the amount of ad spend I've managed for clients. Uh, it's just like, you know, the ad budget that I, that I work with, um, since I've started working uh, as a solo and then the amount of revenue I've, I've generated from that ad spend. And then, uh, a metric that we use in my industry called return on ad spend, um, ROAS is, is the acronym. And so those are just like, three of the most high level, like, and I was trying to, I, I realized one day that I had surpassed like the $2 million in sales, you know, threshold. And I was like, well, that, that's actually kind of legit, you know? And, and I often struggle in, in my industry in particular, freelancers are usually people that work agency jobs, but are between agency jobs. Um, and, and I wanted some way of communicating that, that I'm legit doing this and I have done this for a while and plan to keep doing this, you know? And so I thought that that the notion of like having produced $2 million in sales for my clients, I, I mean, it's not an astronomical number, but I feel like it at least gives some credibility to me. Um, and then just seeing kind of what the return on ad spend is, uh, is a pretty like strong number. And so something I'm proud of. Um, so that's, that's been my like feeble attempt at it, I guess. Okay. And has you had comments on it? Uh, when I first added it, I, I like published posts about it, you know, um, and kind of bragged on myself a little bit or, or on the work that I've done. And I got some like good feedback then, like a lot of like attaboy kind of feedback. And it resulted in probably like two or three sales calls, uh, folks being like, Hey, I did I didn't know that's what you did kind of stuff, which was like, okay, which, um, was just such a good reminder, man. Like I often forget that like the amount of attention people pay to other people versus like how much you think they pay attention to you is so vastly different. I mean, you know, like you feel like you say the same thing over and over and over in your social posts and you're like trying to sell your services and you're like, this is the only thing I'm ever posting about. Like I've got to be so annoying and getting on everybody's nerves. And then someone that's like, like a good friend and someone you've worked with in that different capacities before in the past is like, Oh, I had no idea this is what you're doing. That is so true. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> how? Like, how? how, how have I managed to not spread this message yeah. to the people who I like deal with organically on a day to day basis? It's, it's amazing. Uh, and it's, I don't know, there's a lesson there that you're, just the scales, I mean, not don't be annoying, but like the scales of what you think is annoying and the scales of what other people think are annoying or, or, much more different than you probably give, uh, than you probably give credence to. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I, I have encountered that a number of times recently as well, where people are like, Hey, um, do you know any like good, good friends? 
oh, hey, do you know anyone who does blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah? I'm like, me. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. And now I feel weird being like me, you know, <laughs> because if you didn't think of me when you had this issue, then, then you know, it feels weird to say, well, you should consider me for your project. Um, but it just goes to show that uh, <laughs> even though somebody knows you really well, they might not have been paying attention to what you were doing. So don't like take them off of your list of people that you have to kind of like remind because those are really, really good resources for you. Your, your closest friends and family are really good people to um, know what you do. And if it goes on, I mean, we've all been in the situation where you just don't understand what your friend's job is and it goes on too long. And then you, it's too late to ask <laughs> because you're like way too close to not understand. So um, just repeating little anecdotes to, friends kind of on purpose to remind them of what you're doing is not a bad idea either i just heard a train in the back of your audio yeah that's my email (laughs) (laughs) that's my email noise (laughs) i'm from a family of railroaders i was hoping you had you had stolen one of the uh the the train phones from 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 the lake house (laughs) it does that every time it rings I forgot that that was even a thing. I've had that as my notification on my phone for years. And it wasn't until Rachel, your wife, heard it and was like, oh, is that because the lake house phones make that noise that I ever put it together? And my mind was like blown. Like it was completely on accident (laughs) or subconscious. When we get over there with friends, I'll often just like randomly call the, the house line with my cell phone just sort of go off and and kind of wake everybody out i always think it's fun yeah it would be really meta in this situation if i used my cell phone to call and make that noise Uh so meta (laughs) yeah Uh, just trains on trains on trains so good um okay so yeah uh (laughs) some people i think that's true i think the algorithms mess you up too i think there's like somebody you haven't talked to since school like 10 years ago who knows exactly what you're doing and has seen all of your blog posts and is getting annoyed by them and then there's people who you're about to have coffee with and then you do have coffee with and you connect and um everything who like never see any of the stuff you post so yeah that's that's totally fair and i've I've found that like the people that uh, are most helpful in knowing what i do are the people that are like the personality types and individuals that are just out and about all the time. And, and they're usually not like great consumers of social media, like making sure they see every tweet that scrolls by, you know, they're, they're just, um, they live their life a little less structured than that. Right. And that's, um, um, it, it's like a blessing and a curse because they're usually the hardest ones to get their attention enough to kind of communicate meanfully, but they're also the ones that are out there like telling folks about you and running into people who are asking for recommendations and that whole thing. And, um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword, but again, uh, gives credence to the fact that you have to be consistent and, um, vocal about what you're doing. Yeah. And don't assume that people know what you're up to. Like, I guess not assuming that people, um, already know just because you post every day and they're connected to you um is probably a really good idea because I've kind of made that mistake a couple of times but you're right finding a person who um is kind of a like a hub in a wheel 
type of person. Those are so good. I was having, um, quote unquote drinks with, uh, somebody last week and she was like, I hate networking, but all of my closest friends are such huge networkers. And I was like, uh, loophole. I think you just <laughs> figured out a way to make that yeah. work. You know, <laughs> like, well done lady. <laughs> like, I wish, wish I had figured that hack out because, um, you know, she gets all the benefit of having people who are like pounding pavement and doesn't have to do any of it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, that is such a good hack because I, as someone who doesn't enjoy it and, um, definitely fits that mold. Like I feel like those people in my life are the ones that most commonly are, are sending work my way or at least telling people about me and starting conversations yeah. on my behalf. Yeah, totally. And I want to be one of those people. So that's fine with me. That's my goal. Um, so the metrics, when you first posted it, your metric, you had it like a counter, right? Yeah. And it's like, a, it still is, is it still in, that way? in theory. Yeah. Explain what it's counting and how that works. Um, well, so I did it. Th there would be a proper way to do this in the web development world. And I did not follow that proper way because it's a little above my head. Um, and I hated to ask one of my developer friends to uh, do free work for me. So I actually figured out a way to port cells uh, from a Google sheet into my website. <laughs> And so I have some other tools I use for reporting that can get that data into a Google sheet from the various tools that I manage. And, um, and so I've just kind of built like a chain of, of, you know, free or, or, um, cheap apps, you know, web apps, uh, together to create kind of the workflow. So, uh, the Google sheet gets updated and then, um, then the site, you know, next time the site loads, it would, it would pull the most recent data. I, I want to say like updates every hour or something like that, you know, just arbitrarily. And, um, yeah. So it's one of those things I probably need to go back and like revisit to make sure it's all functioning. Like I, you know, like it's supposed to, cause it's, I set it up, it worked for a while and then I have kind of, uh, ignored it since then. And the problem with doing it the janky way is it's probably prone to, to break, you know? Um, but that seemed to be kind of the cheapest way. I, I even considered just like putting the numbers in there and putting a calendar reminder together to just, you know, once a month go update it or something, um, which wouldn't be, you know, that's a reasonable thing too and wouldn't be as error prone probably. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I like the notion it kind of like, you know, spins up and it's really specific numbers. So it feels like it's a, you know, a, a live counter kind of, kind of idea. Is there any kind of like, is that a metric that other people in your industry focus on? It's like, what was that terrible acronym? ROASCA? Yeah. ROAS. ROAS. Yeah. <laughs> like for sure seems like a, a colony that <laughs> went missing <laughs> suspiciously. <laughs> um, but all right. So in ROAS, is that a thing that, um, you know, everybody kind of knows what it means? Um, probably in my industry, I would say a significant amount of people do. I wouldn't even say most. Um, I think if you're a consumer or manager of, of what I do, um, you know, I think that's a really hard thing. And I think this idea of stuff is really tricky because I think there's two, you, you can kind of, um, what's the acronym you, uh, or the, I forget who said this, but you can fall drunk off the horse 
either side, you know, um, you can make it so industry specific that no one knows what in the world you're talking about, or you can make it so generic that it's like the million dollar club of the realtors where it's like no one, like it, it seems like you're falsifying something, you know, it's, it, it's not as legitimate. So, um, a big thing in my world is case studies. Like, uh, and I actually maybe last week or the week before for the first time in the two and a half years I've been doing this, uh, on my own, someone asked me if I had any case studies to share. And I like have a huge soapbox about case studies that, um, we don't have to totally unpack here today, but like it, they're just so they can so easily be misleading. You know, like every company is going to frame a case study in the most favorable light possible. And you can conveniently lift out, leave out like dozens of super important details that like make you look better than you really should look. You know, um, I remember in agency land long ago, we inherited this client from some guy who had no idea what he was doing that, you know, had been managing the account. And so like day one, we made like three fundamental changes that like, you know, quadrupled sales overnight, you know, well, like, you know, make a case study of that. That'll look great. It's like 700% growth in, in two days, you know, but like, that's, that's not indicative of like what has been done. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of crap, honestly. Um, and so there's always those thousands of loopholes of like, oh, well, this person, uh, you know, had it set for to discourage Google from indexing their website. So they were getting virtually no organic traffic. And all I did was uncheck a box. And now all of a sudden they're getting traffic. Um, and so I just feel like there's, uh, you know, they're hugely time consuming, require a ton amount of you know time to gather all the details and write up the narrative and try to f put it in a format that looks you know, official or, um, professional. And I don't, you know, like people always like other, my competitors always have them on their website. And like, I don't feel like anyone really reads them. You know what I mean? Like they're boring reading, you know, it's going to be like, Oh, la da da. We did all these great things and great things happen. And like, I mean, like spoiler alert, you know, it's not going to be like, well, this one kind of was hard and we just, <laughs> we kind of yeah. ran out of ideas. And we just wanted to give a fair and balanced view on things. So this one was pretty much a failure. <laughs> <laughs> they fired us after a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like, I mean, it feels like an infomercial. It feels like where the yeah. whole thing is set up to make, oh, how convenient your product works so well in my situation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's crap. And I, so I think... It's it's hard to do this in a way that isn't that, but that isn't so like inside baseball that that you lose the consumers of um, of your product because I mean chances are the person I mean even me the person that's coming to my website to hire me like I you know twenty five percent of my clients can can talk you know can talk the talk with me and seventy five percent are hiring me because th that's what I do you know that's not what they do and so I need needed a way to convey like, Hey, I'm serious. I do this at a scale that's, you know, significant without like getting into all these metrics and all the same boring graphs and that kind of crap. I mean, um, that, that every one of my competitors, because no one's ever chosen me on that. The only reason I've seen that be beneficial is if I'm talking to someone that is going to have to go to their boss and like convince their boss that they should hire me. And it's like, 
not that their boss should hire me, that, that they, that the middle, you know, the person I'm talking to has made an informed decision to hire me. Like it's just, it's justifying something they already want to do or don't want to, you know? And, and so for most of my clients that are smaller businesses, like they don't, there's not that bureaucracy, but occasionally I'll run into something where it's like, well, I gotta get the, gotta get the owner on board. And I'm like, well, either let me talk to the owner or like, I'm just gonna, you know, like this isn't for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Giving somebody like coaching somebody to persuade someone to hire you is the worst. <laughs> it's, it's so much even more uncomfortable than just <laughs> trying to sell yourself a little bit. Have you ever had to do like RFPs? Is that, uh, no. Um, I deal with them a lot to the extent that I do review like terms and conditions and stuff like that for clients. Um, so no, like, no, that would make sense if, if somebody wanted that. I, I honestly, it's very hard to find a qualified attorney. And just today, somebody, um, I recommended a certain type of document to somebody and they said, well, have you even dealt with those before? How many times? And like, I have no way of tracking that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I had one of my um, agency clients that I do white label work for reached out over the weekend and was like, "Hey, we got this RFP thing. Will you look at it and just give me your thoughts, like to kind of gauge, you know, if he was interested in it, it was going to be directly related to my interest in it." And it was just like asking for all this stuff. It's like this is impossible to know. Like there's no like people will answer this and they'll give you answers that sound great and they'll be justified on absolutely nothing, you know, like and and like. I feel bad because I'm going to be the person that's like, yeah, no one can know that until we, until we get started. And you want someone to tell you what it's going to be before to decide who to start with. And so like the only way you're going to choose me is through like this huge leap of faith, which like is probably not something you can sell to the boss. You know what I mean? Like I just have a good feeling about these guys. Like that doesn't work. And yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a, such an interesting, like the difference in, uh, the buying cycle for people. It is. Yeah. The difference in the buying cycle. And, and I guess, I think you and I both are reluctant to use, uh, the, the money ball approach with the metrics, um, because it's feels a little like skeezy, but then any time that I have actually quantified it, like this person said, how many times have you done these? And I said, well, you know, I could tell you most recently I did this one, this was the big party and, um, it's like, it's a really well-known, uh, adverse party and they adopted my changes to change their form afterwards because they like them so much and they're like, Oh, okay. All right. All right. You know? So I guess that's like a case study. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's awesome because you're arming yourself with information, like, like just having those things, you arm yourself with checking the box that those people are trying to check, which is like, look smart to their bosses without having to put all the time like in labor into creating some sort of professional form to do it. Yeah, that's probably true. So maybe on a as asked basis, but when you've tried to do it, it's worked out like you've gotten sales calls from it. So it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And case studies, I probably not, but like some, I mean, this is just some sort of like micro case study, you know, it's just, I like, bet you would, I mean, if you got calls from the counter that you had tr uh, ticking on your website, I bet you would get, um, generating press from case studies too. You would just hate it. 
you'd be like, well, yeah, that's only part of the story. And you know that, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's totally fair. It could be. (laughs) Uh, To me, that's what like everyone in my industry does. So I don't want to do that for that reason. But like maybe that's because it works for everybody. And I'm just too like stubborn and uh, whatever to, to play along. Yeah, that might might be the case. I don't know. But it's not common in my industry. Um, some people try it. I've seen it. And it's something I should probably consider because I think anecdotal evidence, like case study stuff would probably work better than a, a counter type of information for my industry because people have trouble um, understanding what it is I do. And Anytime I've found like, they're like, well, I'm buying a business. I'm selling a business. Is that what you do? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay. I'm like, for instance, this year, you know, like I've sold furniture company, um, you know, and I list all of the different types of things out. And then they're like, okay, like that, now I understand where you fit in the world. Um, so to that extent, I should probably try to find some way to uh, advertise little anecdotal experience things like that so that's so interesting to me because it feels like as you described that what the person again going back to this notion that someone is trying to ask the right questions to cover their own behind and their own societal world of their office you know um and like there's uh, i think seth godin has this analogy that like businesses spend money so that they can make more money or so that they can spend less money. Like I'll buy a tool that allows me to spend less money, you know, or I'll buy a tool that allows me to make more revenue. And it feels like as that trickles down, like I've got to go justify my decision to hire you to whomever else is on my side of the the phone. You know what I mean? And what's interesting is like, it feels like the person's like, Oh, do you do this? Kind of yeah. Okay. I have no idea what else to ask. You know, and like, I wonder what it would look like. I mean, this is probably a little uh, cheesy, but like, I wonder what it would look like if you gave, like put on your website, like, here's a checklist of things you should ask me if you come and, and like we meet and, and just have like run down that list of like, um, like, even if it's just like a menu, like here's, here's like the 10 most commonly asked questions I get, you know, and like when we meet, ask me the ones that are relevant to you. And and just equip them to to gather the information that they need to go back and you know sell it to whomever they're trying to sell it to. Um, That's a really good idea because I had a pretty um, uh, it's like tooth pulling meeting with a potential client a while back where and I might have mentioned this where they like. <laughs> gave them all this really good in-depth legal advice that was applicable to exactly the type of business transaction they were discussing. And then they were like, do you keep current on case law pertaining to our matter? And that's like, for sure, some BuzzFeed list of questions to ask when you're interviewing an attorney. It like doesn't really make sense at all in in context of what we were discussing. Um, And it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't really like way in. It's not a litigation matter, you know, it, um, it weighs in very slightly. Um, so they obviously were trying to ask the right questions, but just off the mark, cause there's nothing about that. I mean, I ultimately was like, yes, <laughs> but the real answer is there is no case law pertaining to the matter that he or she was discussing. So, um, 
so so yes, <laughs> you know, I do keep quite current <laughs> yes. uh, with it because it doesn't exist. I've literally um, read all of it. Yeah, <laughs> like up to the very minute we're discussing it. But, um, you know, uh, putting that on our website is like things you should ask your uh, when you're interviewing an attorney. Um, at least then there's a better resource out there. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of helps to perhaps better understand, oh, okay, if these are the questions I'm supposed to ask this person, like I probably have a better feel for what they do. You know, like if it's, if these questions make sense in my world, like if this seems like something that I would want to ask the person I'm meeting with, then I'm probably talking to the right person, you know? Um, and it's just like, like a total, uh, subliminal qualification kind of process. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Like find it as a way to go ahead and answer all the questions <laughs> so that you can kind of skip to it. I like that a lot. That has nothing to do with like the original prompt, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, th I think it's a hard, um, hard deal. Rachel and her world with the realtors, uh, you can go look up and see how much production any other realtor in our area has done, you know? So, um, like occasionally she'll get an agent reach out and ask something, uh, that's feels weird, you know? And she'll go look and be like, oh, this person did $5 million last year. I'm like, okay. Yeah. They, like, oh, you know, wow. that gives more credence to their question. And we're like, yeah. oh, this person has never sold a house before. They have no right. idea what they're doing. And now I understand why they're asking. Yeah. That. And so like, I'm going to have to walk them through every step of this, you know? Um, and to some degree, I, I mean, that's a very overly simplified, you know, measure of, of how, uh, uh, I don't know, equipped someone is to, to do their job, but it, it is really nice to be able to say, like, look, and just on the, like on the door to the office, be like, Oh, does this person know what they're doing or not? Or do they at least have any experience or not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I'm kind of glad that doesn't exist for my industry. It really cuts both ways, huh? Um, so I feel like, you know, it does informally, people can call around and ask, and I'm sure everybody has fine enough things to say. Um, but that it would be really helpful, uh, to know, like, is this person intentionally, especially when like negotiating terminations and stuff that's more contentious, like as the, as the attorney on the other side being a jerk or an idiot is <laughs> like often the question, like, do they just not know or are they intentionally being a, a jerk about it? Um, that's interesting. That'd be cool. And there's no oversight. Like I could say I've done $8 billion worth of transactions this year. It, I might have cause like the dollar amount has nothing to do with what, <laughs> with the service I provide. So, you know, like a lot of times it's just a blank, like insert amount here. Yeah. Like you're vaguely involved in some sort of class action lawsuit that was $80 yeah. million. Dollars, and so you get to, yeah. you get to put that on your thing now. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I mean, so, but nobody could call me on it because well, there's confidentiality around all of it. True. And that's, that's a fair point. It'd be unethical and wrong, but. <laughs> Well, and like in your world, because it's so complicated, that's why the world of like the, all the review, um, whatever networks, I mean, there's legal review, uh, websites and that's probably why they're so popular in a world where it's so difficult to put your thumb on exactly 
what value you provide, you know? So it gets, it gets manipul- manipulated into like a five-star kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I would, I would go to one of those as well if I were trying to figure it out just from square one and I weren't a lawyer. Well, yeah. Good talking to you. Um, do we have a prompt for our listeners? No, nothing. So it's your show questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to do a Q and a episode coming up, uh, here pretty soon. Yeah. So, uh, if you've got one, hit us up, uh, Twitter, uh, unfederated life at unfederated life. And then we're the same on Facebook. If you want to send us a message there. It's true. DM us. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I'm going to go fix the rest of my house that was broken by the inspector. <laughs> what if he's still living in there, like in your walls? It wouldn't surprise me. He's probably like left stuff in our house when he was busy demolishing it. <laughs> so angry. Yeah. You know, you're going to find like his little safe room of different like clues. He keeps places. He's probably like a serial killer. I don't want to freak you out. Yeah. The thing that makes this so hard is I'm a pretty handy person that knows how to do a lot of things. So just having another, like a, a human adult come into my house and tell me what's broken is, is like a first level of frustration. But then when they break stuff while they're here and then they tell me I need to fix it, it's, <laughs> it's like something you'd see in boot camp, you know? Like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, bro. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.